You got to operate in truth, right? Operate in truth. Tell the truth. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gator Truth, Florida Football Podcast. I'm Daniel, and on this episode, we're going to take a look at the Gators' 39-36 to loss to the Arkansas Razorbacks this past Saturday in the Salute to Those Who Serve game. Now, before we begin, no, it's not good that we lost this game, and no, it's not good that we're looking at a possible five-game losing streak to end the season, and we're looking at a possible losing season. Of course, those who have been listening a while, you do know that one of my you know, metrics for the season is we can't have a losing season. But we're not going to dwell on that. As I told some people who texted me after the game or as I told my buddies from law school, it was a law school reunion weekend for UF, uh, after we lost the game, they said, you don't look as bummed as we thought. And I said, well, listen, I'm really trying to just hold on to the objective metrics. And I said seven wins for improvement this year. And technically that can still happen, whether that's we steal one of these last three games and win a bowl game, steal two of the last three games. Again, it may be unpro- improbable, but it is still there. And until the season is over, I'm not going to really have full comment. Yes, last week after the Georgia game, I did kind of go hard on some of the weird narratives that are out there. But that was more about the narratives than it was the team. Although there are some glaring issues like special teams that we do see over and over again. Like again this week, we had a special teams blunder with only 10 players on a field goal, uh, well, field goal safe unit. It wasn't really a block unit. And then there was also another gaffe at the end of the game everyone's talking about, which is where the, you know, field goal team runs onto the field when we're trying to spike the ball, gets a penalty. And we are somehow saved at that moment by a quirky rule. It's not like the, and that is, of course, the clock was stopped for a first down, although it starts automatically. It doesn't need a whistle to start. Just once the ball is set, it starts. Luckily, the penalty happened right before that clock started, so there was no runoff. Kind of got lucky in that instance or in that specific situation. So there are times I may go on that, but not really a big here's my year takeaway as a whole until we see what the full year looks like. And with that said, let's go ahead. I've got the same slides as the preview. If you're watching on YouTube, we're going to talk about them. And then also we're going to go through, talk about how this game worked out in comparison with that. So the storylines, as we talked about, you know, the first one was Arkansas coming off of bye, and with that bye, Rocket Sanders, their great running back who had missed most of the season returning, as well as a play caller switch, a first-time play caller coming into the swamp, getting over 400 yards on us is not good. We'll get into that as we talk about the defense. We talked about the injury concerns with Shamar James and Tyreek Zapp and Cameron Jackson, all possibly you know, all either out or questionable. And then, of course, 
news breaking today. This is being recorded on a Monday that Pyburn is now out with a torn ACL. He left the game um, on Saturday. And then we talked about how it's a it was a must-win game because it was the less last best chance to get six wins and get bowl eligible. As I said then, as I say now, that doesn't mean we're you know destined for a losing season. Doesn't mean that we're destined, you know, not to make a bowl. It just means that the last best chance is there. And then now the next best chance, and we'll talk about is this Saturday since LSU is missing their quarterback. We'll talk about that in the preview. And so let's go ahead. Let's look at our offense. Now, of course, we talked about Arkansas defense, 32nd in the nation, and they had faced some really good offenses. Our first drive, we didn't start too well. Pearsall, you know, unfortunately having the ball ripped from them, going down. You know, 14 nothing with 11.56 left in the first quarter. That is not good. I talked about we needed to run to set up the pass. And speaking of that running game, again, I asked the question because we see this so much, and that's why is Trevor Etienne getting, you know, even time with Montreal Johnson? Montreal Johnson is good. Trevor Etienne is great and really if i know some people say pass protection if you take away the georgia game their pass protection numbers are generally about the same and etn on saturday had 12 carries for 80 yards that's 6.7 yards per carry along with the 32 yard run and one touchdown montreal johnson also had 12 carries 3.5 or 35 yards for 2.9 yards per carry as far as them receiving johnson caught three for 17 and etn two for 43 including that brilliant 41 yard run on our last touchdown drive after he caught a short pass and so i said you know we've got a run to set up the pass and generally we weren't running too, too well. I mean, 4.0 yards per carry for the game. Um, you know, sometimes I've said, let's take away the longest run. So if we take the longest run of ETN of 32 yards. That gives us 48 yards per carry with uh, 11 carries at that point. That's still over four yards per carry. So a decent outing outside of the big run for Trevor Etienne as well. On the receiving side, we had 90 uh, <laughs> 90 yards from Wilson, had a great game, 55 yards from Pearsall. Boringham had a big catch on that final drive. Unfortunately, we did not make the field goal. And just going from there, generally a Decent game through there, although, again, lots of yards coming late when necessary and not exactly early. And also, we talk about, we've talked about what is our depth of target? How far down the field are we running and, or, you know, throwing the ball? Of the 26 completions, 11 were behind the line of scrimmage. Of, you know, the 26 total 
completions, 23 were less than 10 yards down the field. And when you're doing that, that's going to, as we talked about in the preview, that's going to have the defense come in closer to the line of scrimmage and they're going to be able to play those screens better. They're going to be able to play, you know, slants better. And when we do things like constantly, and I've said it before, I'll say it again, constantly only or almost always only using slants on third and fourth down on that third down in overtime, we decided to use the slant. Arkansas knew the tendency had very tight coverage and a very tough catch by Boardingham was not made. But again, if we had a little bit different tendency, maybe that play does make it. So there are things that need to go there. And then one more thing, going back to the uh, ETN pass blocking, he had the bear pass blocking grade against Arkansas at a 79.7 pass block rating. That was actually one of the best on the team for the day. Another thing about our passes is pro football focus breaks them down between left of the numbers, middle of the field, and right of the numbers. and Generally, what we've seen is there aren't many passes we do outside the numbers to the left. Only three attempts in this game were outside the numbers to the left. I call it the Derek Zoolander effect. If you've ever seen Zoolander, he talks about, I can't turn left. Well, this offense, unfortunately, right now can't throw outside to the left. And when we, you know, limit that section of the field and don't throw to it too often, that's less that opposing teams feel they need to cover. And of course, less area to cover means easier time containing the offense. But with that said, again, this was a decent Arkansas defense. This was not a defense that I said coming into the game, we should dominate. I did say downfield passing was a must. And again, It's not really downfield passing if we only complete three of our 26 passes under nine, 10 yards. And some of those could be, you know, short screens. Some of those might be a shallow cross. But again, if you're not going down, the defense is coming up and, you know, pretty much challenging you. And it's going to hamper your run game as there are more guys closer to the line of scrimmage. I do want to talk about one play I've seen uh, Damian George get a little bit of black for. It was a third down screen. I don't like the screen on third down. And also, we tend to do it a lot. So, again, things that we do tendency. It's if we got two guys, it's usually a double slant. If we do other things, it's some sort of screen. They, Anyways. There was a third down, and this was later on in the game. I believe it was late third quarter. Damian George is supposed to be running out and making a block on the corner. Well, the corner stays home, gets the edge. However, the route and ball goes wide of Damian George. So Damian George is not beating a running back to the boundary. So however that was designed, however that was thrown, Essentially, George is getting a, a a lot of flack for basically him and possibly getting, you know, to the outside of the running back, where if that running back is thrown a little bit inside, George makes that 
you know, makes that block 10 times out of 10. And people that talk to me know I'm not above, you know, giving a right tackle flack when he needs it, but that's just one specific play. I don't really think is him because if the defender maintains their outside edge and just runs straight forward, well, an offensive lineman is not going to beat a, a running back in a lateral run and B not going to be a defensive back in a run when the defensive back has a shorter area to go in a straight line. So I did want to take up for George on that one, especially because I said the key matchup was RO line against the Razorbacks front seven. And I think overall they did well. I think there are things that we didn't help with play calling. I think there are times that they did have some problems with that said i mean we did give up you know three sacks six tackles for loss but again sometimes tackles for loss are like that play i just described where we throw a screen or you know some sort of play like that where it's not on the offensive line or we could have done things to help the offensive line it's not like our tackles for loss were constantly we hand off up the middle and guys have already penetrated if we throw a screen and a defensive back makes a play, they make a play. So overall, I'm not really upset at this offense. I think there are things that we've seen throughout the season we're going to continue to see. And there are things that I hope we could do to help out, you know, down the road. But however, with that said, you know, it is what it is. We did put up. 33 points in regulation most games that should get you a win um i kind of stay away from counting you know, much of stats or much of points in overtimes because even though they won't really do this again but we're talking about stats game padded for example the AM lsu game a few years ago the one that made them change the overtime rule that's why i kind of say okay what did we score in regulation I also, while we're talking about the offense, I don't want to put, you know, the whole conversation that we have around this game on the foot of Trace Mack. Should he have made the made the field goal? Yes, probably. However, the problems that people are talking about, the issues that this team has, whether we make that kick or not, they still exist. And it's kind of like what I've said to a few people is if boarding him against South Carolina doesn't make the man man miss on that check down on fourth and 10, and if ETN doesn't make that block and we lose that game by 10 points, we're just having this conversation three weeks earlier. A lot of the heat begins three weeks earlier for Billy Napier, except for this time we didn't come back. This time we didn't get that last second win. And the thing is, Sometimes there are things that beyond a win or lose, so I'm not going to put it all on the kick because there are things we could have done better throughout the game. With that said, let's get to the defense. And on the defensive side of the ball, I did say, yeah, they're the 120th ranked offense, but with the change and a guy who knows Kendall Bryles, you know, system a little bit, who was their off- Arkansas's offensive coordinator last year, there's a chance that they could be a lot better on offense than they've shown. Rocket Sanders returning, one of the top SEC backs, finally being healthy. 
could make a difference. He ran for over 100 yards on Saturday. You know, I talked about our injury concerns. K.J. Jefferson ended up having lots of great QB draws and QB runs. Part of that is just because of the play caller switch. Part of that is we had to start accounting for a Rocket Sanders. You know, all sorts of things that happened in that game. And I talked about key matchup would be the Arkansas offensive line, which includes Florida transfer Josh Braun, who a lot of people gave a hard time when he transferred. And he had quite a good game on Saturday. And, you know, it's the Arkansas O-line against our front seven. We knew there's some injuries. And unfortunately, we did not step up the way we needed to. We allowed a ton of yards. I mean, again, I believe it was, yeah, it's 481 yards that we gave up. Can't do that, Uh, especially to a first-time play caller. That's not great. But, I mean, we knew that there would be problems with his defense, so I'm not going to rip that really. It is weird because we do have a fifth-year senior linebacker who only played four snaps, um, who we brought in up from the transfer portal. And there's all sorts of, you know, things, but I will actually do something kind of shocking for some of you. I'm going to look at some of the positives. And Jordan Castell has been one of those positives this year at safety. True freshman coming in and really has done generally well as a true freshman at safety. Meanwhile, a transfer we brought in from Michigan really hasn't been a factor, has made some costly mistakes. So seeing a true freshman come in and grow, I have said it might be one of the best parts of the season, especially for this defense. He led the team with 11 tackles the other day, and he had a big interception there deep in, you know, deep in Florida territory. Granted, if he just breaks the ball up, it's fourth down, but still, I will take that because that was a pick where he read the play. There are times where we've had guys, for example, the 2019 Auburn game, we had a pick in the end zone of Bo Nix where Bo Nix just threw it right to um, right to our safety. And in this case, it wasn't that. It wasn't like an errant throw straight to the safety. This was Castell seeing the ball in the air, running across from the middle, and making a great play. And again, 11 tackles, and I know there's probably a little bit of, man, he should have got Jefferson down more. Jefferson is a considerably bigger guy and kind of hard for – uh, smaller guys sometimes to take down bigger guys consistently, especially when that big guy has a head of steam. And I do also have to shout out Miguel Mitchell had a much better game than he's had, you know, much of the year should have had an interception, but again, third down, knock the ball down. I'll take it. Arkansas didn't score on the drive. So it is what it is. It's always more frustrating if we don't get a pick when we should and the other team ends up scoring. And with that said, Jason Marshall. Jason Marshall came into the season and we're talking about this guy's possibly a first-round draft pick. He has not played like that throughout the year, if we're being honest, and even had a terrible first half against Georgia. Got benched. 
started looking better in the second half. In this game, he only gave up two yards and had one of the best tackle grades on the team after previously having one of the worst. So hopefully that's something where he's realized he really needs to turn it on and looks to be he has at least a little bit. So maybe that's some a bright spot for the next few games for Jason Marshall. Maybe not, but again, this was a Arkansas team that I thought was tougher than their record indicated. And as I tweeted out after the game, reason I stick to objective metrics is so I don't get too high after beating a two-win team like South Carolina and not to get too low like after losing to a two-win team like Arkansas. And again, that's with the context of, you know, I said for weeks, if not months, Arkansas is in a bad spot on our schedule after Georgia before LSU that they played all these teams close. I tweeted about it back in mid-October, and I've said it since on here, that, you know, Rocket Sanders coming back makes a difference. I, You know, we talked about that K.J. Jefferson was Saturday down south, you know, preseason and first few weeks, number one quarterback in the SEC, and he didn't stop being that good of a quarterback overnight. You know, so I can't come in here and rip this team and say, I didn't see this coming. I thought we could win this game, but I thought that Arkansas would be much better than their record indicated, and that ended up being true. And again, it's not good to be looking down a possible losing season. It's not good to be looking down a possible five-game losing streak. And we can't say it is. But we have opportunities still. I talked about after Tennessee, talking about seize the opportunity. We didn't. But we got opportunity the remaining three games. First opportunity is chance at revenge after four straight losses to LSU and doing it at night in Death Valley this weekend. And then we have a chance to get a good win in Como against Mizzou the week after. And of course, we host Florida State, you know, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, a big rivalry game. Wouldn't we like to spoil their season? Now, I don't believe that if we beat them and then they win the ACC, that automatically knocks them out of the playoffs. But just ruining an undefeated season would be great, much less if we took them out. And then let's say Louisville, who I believe only has one loss, first-year coach, um, comes in and beats them in the ACC title game. That would be great as, as well. We could set that up so they're guaranteed to not make the playoffs potentially. And we want revenge for last year. Ten- and I'm going to say this, Tennessee is having a pretty good season now. Some of it, we caught them early. Some of it is we played really well. And some of it is they've been figuring it out. But they came into the swamp, crowd was electric, really pushing the team, and made a difference in that game, I believe I said after the game. I'm not sure if we win that if it is in Neyland Stadium. But it was in the swamp, so we won, and that's what we need. We have the chance to do that against FSU 
coming up. So now's not the time to lose hope. Like I said, no matter how probable, improbable, whatever it is, I'm not fully reacting to the season until I see what we do. And then at that time, I do think that it would be fair. I did predict Gators 24 to 21 over Arkansas. And obviously that is not what happened. Still a close game. I was right about the three-point spread. Unfortunately, sometimes it does not work out. With that said, I do want to give a shout-out to my friends at Alvarez Lawn Company. Give them a call or text if you're in the Central Florida area for a free quote at 407-490-2617. You can also reach out to them via email at alvarezlawncompany at gmail.com. Once again, their number is 407 490-2617. Alvarez Lawn Company, building plans that work for you. And if you want to, you know, have some fun talking about the Gators, definitely check out my friends at GatorChatter.com. All sorts of interesting commentary going on right now after this game. Lots of good discussion. One of the good discussions is going on right now in the thread that I wrote up about the Arkansas game and then lots of commentary back and forth from that. So definitely get the chance to check out that and other things over at GatorChatter.com, your Florida Gator sports bar. Well, again, Arkansas, not what we wanted it to be the year, maybe not what we wanted it to be. But we have three games left in this college football season, or at least in the regular season. And we only get only we only get so many of these a year. So let's at least enjoy, cheer for our team as we move forward through that. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Gator Podcast for the podcast page and Gator Truth 133 for you know my personal i do share things on the podcast page like gators running out of the tunnel flyovers all sorts of stuff um hope to have more things there and on youtube as we go by definitely talking to all sorts of people trying to get different ideas for content with that said you know everyone thank you for listening Oh, okay.